Martha is guilty of is being too digmatized to see the truth. See, she never I, did anything malicious. She never did anything malicious. And even then, it's like, I feel, I always feel bad for her. Hello everyone, this is Alex. And this is M. Welcome to the latest episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic. This is the podcast for TV lovers, movie buffs, and binge watchers of all ages. On this podcast, we'll be discussing what we loved, what we hated, and what was just a bit problematic about the TV and movies that we're addicted to. And do a bit of rewriting where necessary. For much more exclusive content, become a show producer on Patreon and get access to after-the-episode outtakes, curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. Join the GBB family at patreon.com forward slash good, bad, basic. Today, we're debuting our highly anticipated 11th season, Spies and Lies. During the, the course of this season, Alex and I will be discussing all of the riveting series which featured a hearty dose of intrigue, espionage, and international warfare. We're premiering GBB's 11th season with none other than one of the most critically acclaimed spy thrillers of all time, The Americans. The Americans is not just a spy thriller, but a highly nuanced serial drama and period drama that made both critics and audiences alike sit up and pay attention. The Americans featured a married couple as undercover KGB agents living as a typical American family during the height of the Cold War and chronicled how their already stressful and dangerous lives are made even more so when the FBI agent moves in across the street. So what do we think made the Americans so brilliant? Stay tuned. everyone here are some critical details about the americans the series is classified as a period drama a spy thriller and a serial drama it was created by joe weisberg it was released from january 30th 2013 through may 30th 2018 on the fx network for a total of six seasons and 75 episodes the series stars carrie russell as elizabeth jennings uh real name nadieska she is one of our primary protagonists. Matthew Rees as Philip Jennings, real name Mishka. He's our other protagonist. Noah Emmerich as Stan Beeman. Um, he is Philip and Elizabeth's neighbor and an FBI agent. For most of the series, he's also the unwitting antagonist. He has no idea that he's the adversary for them. Holly Taylor as Paige Jennings, Philip and Elizabeth's daughter. Uh, Kedrick Salati as Henry Jennings, Philip and Elizabeth's son. Margot Ma Martindale as Claudia, Philip and Elizabeth's second, and then later fifth KGB handler. Richard Thomas as Frank Gad. He is an FBI special agent and stands supervisor for most of the series. Annette Maharendu as Nina 
Sergevna Krylova. She is a clerical worker for the KGB at the Soviet embassy, who later becomes Stan's informant and then a double crosser uh, for the KGB. Susan Meisner as Sandra Beeman, Stan's wife and mother of his son. Allison Wright as Martha Hansen, Agent Gad's secretary and later Clark's wife and Philip's informant. Unwitting informant, I might add. Costa Ronan as Oleg Igor, excuse me, Costa Ronan as Oleg Igorovich Burov. He is the son of a government minister back in Russia who uh, begins the series as the Soviet Embassy's science and technology officer. Lev Gorn as Arkady Ivanovich Zotov, the KGB's resident at the Soviet Embassy. Brandon J. Dearden as Dennis Adderholt. He is an FBI agent who becomes Stan's second partner. And uh, of the main characters, we have Maximilio Hernandez as Chris Amador. He is an FBI agent who was Stan's first partner. In the recurring characters, we have Frank Langella as Gabriel, Philip and Elizabeth's first and later fourth KGB handler. Julia Garner as Kimberly Breland, a.k.a. Kimmy. Uh, she is also one of Clark's, or excuse me, one of Philip's unwitting informants. Her father is the head of the CIA's Afghan group and later the Soviet group. Ren Schmidt as Kate, the Jennings's third handler. Derek Luke as Gregory Thomas, Elizabeth's informant and lover. Peter von Berg as Vasily Nikolaevich. He is a former KGB resident. Anton Aronov as Anton Baklanov. He is a Russian Jewish scientist working on stealth technology who was kidnapped by the KGB. And last but not least, Kelly O'Quinn as Pastor Tim, head of the church that Paige attends. These are all of the major players in the Americans. And don't get it twisted. Some of these people, we only see them, the supporting characters, we only see them on maybe three episodes. But their existence, their presence plays a major role in the plot. Yeah. One of the things this show is incredible at is, like, really making use of each and every single one of its characters. Right. And its list of guest characters and recurring characters is actually not very long at all. It keeps it very tight so you can keep track of the people. Their pacing is also really good. We spend many, many years over the five seasons of the show without it feeling rushed. Honestly, a masterclass. <laughs> no, defi- like, I mean, yeah, definitively, definitively a masterclass. So The American season one Um, definitely one of the best written pilots ever. Um, excellent. Like, in terms of setup and characters and understanding, um, and setting us up not just for the whole season, but the whole series, and really laying out these characters and what they're going to do and what they're going to be about. I mean, if you're looking to be a writer and study a pilot and learn all the things you you're supposed to do in a pilot the americans is definitively the pilot you want to watch absolutely and we've talked a lot a lot about a lot of shows by this point um we've covered so many really really amazing series through the course of gbb and we've watched a lot of really great pilots right but this is such a hard one to nail 
because since Philip and Elizabeth are spies, they're hyper observant and they don't speak much. They're one of those people that have mastered, they're two people that have mastered the 48 laws of power. <laughs> they don't speak unless it's absolutely necessary. And everything that they say is for a, an intended specific purpose. Oh, yeah. And then everything that they say has, like, there's subtext to it. There's something absolutely. under it. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially their conversations with each other, right? Because they're not each other's marks or informants. So, and there's a lot of tension in their relationship. So there's a lot of subtext in how they deal with each other and with their children. Children whom, by the way, have absolutely no idea who their parents really are. They believe the front that Philip and Elizabeth have put out for the world, that their names are Philip and Elizabeth, which they're not, and that they are travel agents. Right. So... Um, it was interesting. I like when I was rewatching this pilot, it's interesting how like even everything they do, just like you can't, the show just does this great job of like making, making it so you can't really trust anything they're doing. Like something from the pilot that stood out to me was like when they're doing the ice cream game, mm-hmm. like how that's a form like, I was like, oh, like, I, I get it. Like, they're gr- how, like, they're also kind of grooming their kids to, like, do what they become them eventually. It's really interesting. All of that is there, like, from the beginning. So um, set us up with this with this pilot. Take us through, like, what, where are we at? What are we doing? Let's go into this pilot. So the pilot is really great because it takes us right into just a day in the life of Philip and Elizabeth. So as we said, this is a period drama and it's set in the 80s. The series opens in January of 1981. As everyone knows, the 80s were the height and eventual end. I use end loosely because we still got issues with Russia. (laughs) The Mm -hmm. end of the Cold War. Um... They are, Philip and Elizabeth are deep cover KGB operatives in a a program called Directorate S. And they were sent to Washington, D.C. as a married couple. Now, this is this is something that's also going to come up later on. They're not even legally married. Like the KGB agents did not marry each other before coming to the United States. They came here, and from the moment they they met each other, they not even the moment they came here, from the moment they met each other, they've been operating as Philip and Elizabeth and as a couple and learning each other. So when the season opens, they uh, they abduct a Soviet defector. Mm-hmm. Uh, he basically was an agent himself and um and he was kind of ready for them because he was like the third person that they have kidnapped who defected to bring back to the USSR. But he wasn't ready enough. He he was not he was not a match for the powerhouse. It is the Jennings. No matter what issues they have in their relationship, they are a great team. As partners, they work very well together. Right. And it's and part of the reason that's so interesting that they're capturing defectors in this sort of beginning in the opening is um, that's also sort of the cent- that will be this central tension between Philip and Elizabeth in that Elizabeth is super hard and is very much committed to Russia and doing her mission. But Philip um, is, and her and Elizabeth's loyalties are 
always first and foremost to Russia and being an officer. And But Philip's loyalties, first and foremost, are to Elizabeth and his family. He doesn't particularly, when we meet him in this beginning, this opening, he is thinking of defecting as well. He, you know, in the time, in the 20 plus years they've been in this cover, he's grown to like America. He's loves his children. He loves his family. He loves Elizabeth, the Russia and that life before. And what he does is not this thing that is dominating in his mind and in, in, in the way that it dominates Elizabeth's. Absolutely. And so in later seasons, we learn that they came to the country in 1963. That's 18 years of not being in a war-torn country, of not having to stand in line for rations, of having electricity all the time, of having clean running water by the turn of a faucet. It's impossible for someone to not be influenced by this, right? Mm -hmm. Especially when you're someone who Philip is revealed to be. Philip is a very good agent. He can be incredibly violent and incredibly manipulative when need be. But he doesn't get the satisfaction from being a KGB soldier that his wife does. He has a lot of guilt over their job as more time goes on. And that's the reason why he really wants to defect. Because he doesn't want this to be his life. Hiding and feeling guilt forever. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he, he, he's, his desire really is to to live truly and fully a hundred percent and, and honestly, right. whatever that means. And we get Elizabeth too. So the show is very good at not demonizing our protagonists, even when they're pitted against each other, the writing is not trying to uh, make you pick a side, so to speak. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's very clear where Elizabeth is coming from. She and she suffered a lot back in Russia. Not to say that he didn't too. He he also did. Um, probably more than her financially because he had a bigger family, whereas it was just her and her mom. But they suffered a lot in Russia after the war. She lost her father in the war. Um, she went through unimaginable things trying to survive. And she doesn't see war as the enemy, which is what Philip sees, that war is the enemy, war is bad for everyone. A lot of the decisions he makes for the duration of the series are trying to prevent more war. Um, she sees America is the enemy, the United States is the enemy. And that's where the tension, a lot of their work tension exists. But she knows at the end of the day, he's got her back and she's got his back. And they're not going to let anything happen to each other when they're on a mission. And right. they take this operative. He does what he's supposed to do. He takes this guy down. And immediately this defector is like, listen, you guys have been here for like, it's been like 18 years, it's been almost 20 years now. You probably have a wealth of information. You need to defect too. They'll pay you. <laughs> like right. they pay yeah. <laughs> He says, like, three million... He's like, for your level, like, you could get three million dollars. Which, in 1980, is like, that's a shit ton of money. Girl, why are you talking like that sound a shit ton of money right now? <laughs> because I could spend, like, a million dollars in a day. Like, three million dollars wouldn't really last me that long. But, like, three million dollars in the 80s could probably set you up for, like, ten years. That's true. And, yeah, three million is not enough to turn on your country <laughs> in 2021. 
Yeah, it's not uh, not enough. Not enough. But at thirty all. years ago, to me, at this forty years ago, that would have been enough, right? Absolutely. Uh, but uh, he's thinking about it, and being Philip, being the type of person he is, like she's the type of person that will make a unilateral decision if she feels it's the right decision. Philip always talks about Elizabeth with to Elizabeth with most things, and so he comes to her and he's like, "This is not a bad idea." Now. He doesn't know who this person is to Elizabeth. So we later learn, and like you said, his loyalty is not really to to his country anymore. It's to Elizabeth and his children. He learns who Timoshev is. He learns that this affected that they've captured um, when she was uh, training for the KGB. uh, He was a higher level officer. And during one of her trainings, he sent her 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 coach, um, her teacher out of the room, and he sexually assaulted her. He raped mm-hmm. her. And when Philip learns this, like, you know, like, it's over. It's over. Um, we see a side of, of Philip, a vicious side that's really ever only revealed when he's trying to protect his family. We don't even see the side of him when he's working. Right. Like, he's very <laughs> and shout out to Matthew Reese and, and Carrie Russell and who are so incredible. Um and really nail these beats and the these differentiations because Philip is like violent and and calculatingly so when he's working. But the Philip that kills this defector is um, a Philip we just don't see often throughout the course of the series um, who like in a rage mur- murders someone um, as savagely as he he knows how right I mean it was quick I'll, like that's the only upside here but it's super interesting when he's working he'll actually go out of his way to avoid using violence if he doesn't have to right Uh, He will avoid torturing people if he doesn't have to. He will go out of his way to minimize his impact, so to speak, as much as possible. This Philip wanted to be as brutal and as savage as possible. We see hints of this Philip throughout the series when he believes that she has been hurt or one of his children is in danger. I believe in this very first season, there's an episode where he goes to the mall with their daughter, Paige, and some creepy older guy who's like in his like early 30s is with a young girl around his daughter's age and he's hitting on Paige, not even caring that her father's right there. Most predators will at least wait till your father's gone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't make a scene at all. I mean, that's kind of his job, right? Don't draw attention to yourself if you are a sleeper agent. <laughs> um, but he... And we don't even notice this. When this guy is next to him paying for this young girl's purchases, he must have looked at the guy's wallet and taken a mental snapshot of his ID because he comes back to this guy's house in disguise and basically threatens to kill him if he doesn't stop seeing young girls. And then, like, maims him, right, with the barbecue fork. Yeah, like, he stabbed him in the groin dangerously close to... uh, the family jewels before leaving. And he stole one of the steaks off his grill. T- <laughs> yeah. He, he, like, he beats the shit out of this guy and maims him and, and stabs him with the barbecue fork. 
Like, and this is not something Philip would do in the line of duty ever, ever, ever. So we 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 get a very clear picture of who this man is. Uh, uh, Elizabeth, on the other hand, rarely loses her cool, whether it's at home or at work. She's a very self-contained person, and it's very clear that Philip knows her. Like, they know each other. They, he knows her movements. He knows her machinations. But she's never really let him in emotionally. She's never someone who's ever been vulnerable with him. And all the years that they have lived as, as man and wife, and they have raised their two biological children together, she's never let him in. Right, which is when, which is why when he finds out about Gregory and specifically the things she told Gregory, it's very devastating for him. Right, she finds he finds out that she and he she and Gregory were lovers, and um, so Gregory was a former black militant, uh, a former Black Panther who was who had some war experience that was recruited by Elizabeth. And the thing about Philip and Elizabeth is. A lot of times when they're recruiting people or they get informants, they are having sexual relations with those people. They know it. They don't talk about the nuances of it, but they both know this to be true. Um, But it's very clear when he's interacting with Gregory that this is not just a your typical I'm sleeping with my informant, you know, to, to keep the information flowing relationship that he not only has feelings for Elizabeth, but she has feelings for him. And, you know, he later learns that when she was pregnant with Henry, their youngest child, uh, she was freaking out. Like she was in a panic, something that she did not share with him, but she shared with Gregory. So they have an intimacy that he didn't have with her. Right. Um, there's a speech in, in an episode and, you know, Matthew, like in Philip is, not breaking down, but just freaking out. And he says something to the effect of you shared your innermost feelings and thoughts about me, about our children, about um, being in your KGBs, your fears, your hopes with this man. And you've never shared those things with me. And, and that is clearly a line in the sand for him uh, and a line and in their marriage that you realize like they don't cross, like you're not supposed to cross it. And it's what contributes to, to the breakdown of their relationship in this first season. Right. I mean, as we said, they, we come in and it's, it's very clear Philip is in love with her and she's not feeling him that way, but it's also clear that he's accepted that this is the course of their relationship and this is just how she is. So finding out that she's only this way with him. <laughs> yeah, obviously like it's, it really sets a lot of things into motion, not just in this season, but in several other seasons to come. Um, we get introduced to all of our key players early, though. Um, by episode three, um, or at the end of episode two, um, Stan busts Nina for um, getting taking contraband material to send back to her family and ropes her into being an informant. That's already happening, right? Um, uh, by episode four, Reagan has been shot. Um, in that very first episode as well, um, 
the the Beeman's move across the street. And it's super interesting because this also sets the tone for what we can expect from the Stan character. Stan is a great FBI agent. He's a great detective. And in the pilot, we learned that he was actually in deep cover with a white supremacist sect for many years, like 10 years of his of his marriage. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he was away from home, away from his home for 10 years. Now that they're living here He's not just in a new community, he's being reintegrated into his own family, having to get to know his wife and his son all over again. So he and obviously you have to have great instincts to stay alive in a situation like that, right? And the first thing he tells his wife Sandra after meeting Philip and Elizabeth is something's really weird about them. I don't know. Right. Them. He feels it. He feels <laughs> he it immediately. He feels that there's something wrong. And you know what he does? He breaks into their garage. And he's like comes dangerously close to opening the trunk of the car where Timoshev's now dead body is residing. And the thing about Philip is Philip is a great KGB agent as well. Just as good, if not better, at his job than Stan is. Literally the only reason they get the leg up on Stan so many times is that Stan tells people he's an FBI agent. <laughs> They've never told anyone they're KGB. Right. Um, because like obviously you can't. But yeah, Stan is pretty open about like you would be, honestly. Um, Stan is uh the FBI agent next door and he, you know, like any like cause you know, he's like you said, he's reintegrating essentially back into his family and, and into normal life and he's trying to be um a person. So he does tell people, Oh yeah, I work with for the FBI. Uh, but it's interesting. I Stan as a character is another really, just really well written, really fascinating character, and and he's so. And even though, and he's also a very tragic character because essentially, what makes him so good at his job, um, which is being able to spot, I think, the hollowness in in others is because he himself is ultimately a very hollow person. Um, I don't think Stan for the direct, for the duration of the series really knows who he is or what he values truly. Right. Um, And it devastates essentially everyone around him. Right. We know that Stan is a Patriot. Um, He loves the United States very much. And when it comes to the fervor of his loyalty, he's probably somewhere between an Elizabeth and a Philip. (laughs) Right? Right. Not not as, like, diehard as as Philip, but not as lukewarm as, as, excuse me, not as diehard as Elizabeth, but not as lukewarm as Philip either. He's kind of in the middle with his Mm -hmm. patriotism. But in that initial episode... Both he and Philip are running on instinct. He knows there's something wrong with them, so he breaks into their garage. And Philip knows that Stan is Stan. He feels this energy of distrust, so he's actually waiting, silent as a church mouse, in that garage with a gun, ready to take Stan out if Stan spots anything. Mm-hmm. There's so much tension in this scene, you guys. So, so, so much tension. And it's a kind of a masterclass at how committed both of these people are and how good they are at what they, they do because it will be a recurring theme 
that obviously Philip and Elizabeth are aware of, but Stan's not aware of. He doesn't know who he's dealing with. And this is the thing that consistently um, uh, saves them from him, right? Right. And the fact that Philip and Stan ultimately become very good friends is brilliant writing. Um, and it's in it's part of the brilliance of this show because then you always have that that edge to to all their interactions of like is Stan gonna find out? Are they gonna know? Are they gonna know? And it's it's right. really great. And not only that, like it's a keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer situation. So I I believe they both initially came into a friendship because they were distrustful of the other, right? But they did become like BFFs. And at the series finale, they said this to each other. You are my best friend. You are my best friend too. <laughs> and it's super interesting how they were really the only people in a position to be each other's friend. Because even though they never talked about how difficult their jobs were and Stan never really knew what Philip's job was, there is that inherent camaraderie when you're essentially doing the same thing. Right. There, um, mm? There's an understanding. Like, they're, they're, they're actually the only people who truly can get each other. Right, right, right. So the series kind of evolves this way with these people not just trying to live their lives, but always being constantly aware that there's an FBI agent that lives next door. And they can't just come and go like they used to at all hours of the night um, without an excuse. And on top of that, their children are getting older and their daughter is suspicious of why they're always running in and out, right? Like, there are so many people that that they have to push back or that they have to be held accountable to now. And this makes their jobs so much harder. Um like, it's very, very difficult to do what they're doing and keep your head above water as it is. Then their inquisitiveness of their daughter and the presence of their neighbor have now brought the situation from a 10 to a 100. Right, right. And there's, um, and there's, and so beyond sort of the spy stuff, there's all these, the spy stuff is obviously like it's at the forefront but what makes this show i think truly interesting and truly brilliant is that underneath the spy stuff there's all these thematic uh it, it this really is just like a show about relationships and and a marriage and and negotiating the boundaries of a marriage and like fixing your marriage and um it's kind of a love story. <laughs> uh, like high key it is. It is a love story. <laughs> high key. Like it's a love story. Um, and what that means to be with someone for so long and the negotiations that you make to your partner um, when you're with them for so long and how sometimes you have to readjust and relearn and, and recommit. And, and it's really, like I said, it's truly some of the most the most beautiful writing, but, um, we, season one sort of ends in a fever pitch in that, let me, I'm, I might like jumble this up a bit. So bear with me in that. So because of 
I don't remember. I can't. I don't remember like specifically. So M, like you'll you'll pro- you probably will. But essentially, Philip and Elizabeth get got. They get set up. Stan essentially gets super close to figuring out who they are, and 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 subsequently the FBI, and they and uh, Philip and Elizabeth are given a directive from the uh, KGB office to do an op. And from jump, Philip and Elizabeth are like, this feels like a setup. And ding, 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 it is. It's a setup from uh, the FBI and and they're about to basically out Elizabeth and Philip. So... There is a whole op. So the whole op goes down. And Elizabeth and Philip get almost get got. Philip at the last moment realizes that it. Philip really does realize that the op is a setup. And he does what Philip does. And he gets in the car and punches it to where Elizabeth is. Because she's the one that's really in the in the center of the setup. And he picks her up. And Stan and the whole FBI team are there. Um, and they get away in a getaway car. But during the getaway, they obviously they were shot at. And Philip realizes that Elizabeth is wounded. Wounded, wounded. So he has to punch her like he has to punch it and get her to a safe house where KGB other KGB sleeper agents who are doctors operate on her and so we end the season with Elizabeth coming out of surgery and she is fine but she as she comes out of surgery she realizes that she really does love Philip and that's what she wants to do. And that's what she wants to make work. Um, Paige is more inquisitive about and having doubts about who her parents are. And she does some some serious snooping and, and gets ever closer to the truth. And um, yeah, that's where we end season one. Yeah, the storytelling is amazing in season one because there's so many things leading up to to this. Oh yeah, there are so many moving <sighs> pieces and puzzle pieces. It's really, and the execution is flawless. Right. And it's interesting because the reason Elizabeth got shot was because Philip loves her so much. So I'm going to explain. They had two separate missions, one with a U.S. general and one to pick up a series of tape recordings, right? From a man's uh, office that they had bugged. They used his maid to bug his office after threatening her, her son's life. So when the, 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 the warning came down from the KGB that there's a setup, like there's a signal, they assumed that the meeting with the general was the setup, not something as simple as picking up a tape, right? Mm-hmm. And they had argued about this for days prior. 
that he's going going to see the general because it's the most it's the obviously the setup it's the more dangerous mission and she would get the tape and this was how it's going to be and she didn't bend so he just went ahead and went to the general anyway uh, because he figured if there's danger i'm going to take it and she and my children are going to be okay but you know it was the tape they were keeping their eyes on the tape and when he realizes this mistake, he goes and gets her. They had already been separated at this point, right? Um, right. They'd been abducted and individually questioned by their own government, by the KGB, because she had told their new handler, Claudia, that she thought her husband liked it here too much. So that happened. Um and there was more friction in their relationship following the Gregory thing. There was a baby reunion. Then he went to a mission in Canada where he met his ex from Russia and slept with her. Their handler told Elizabeth this and they separated. He moved out. He had his own apartment and everything. Like, it was just like, how are they going to come back from this? But he gets there. He basically saves her. Like, he saves her because she was she was either going to get killed or they would have found a way to keep her alive and got all the information out of her. And like they said, they had until Stan took one good look at her for the whole thing to be blown wide open. And when she realizes what he's willing to do for her, she realized she got a good one. <laughs> so she tells him to come home. The season ends like that with her, with her telling him to come home and Philip asking Stan to take care of the kids because he and Elizabeth have to work. And she can't even go to a real hospital, you guys. She's got to go to, like, one of their safe houses for a doctor to work on her, right? Right. This this also happened earlier in the season where uh, she was punched by either Stan or his partner. And she couldn't go to a dentist because if they went to a dentist, they'd be exposed. And I Philip don't... had to pull out her tooth, right? That's next season. Is that next season? I'm getting mm-hmm. ahead of myself. <laughs> this season is amazing is amazing 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 one of the things that uh happens earlier before the season finale is that Paige is very suspicious and she sees her mom in the laundry room late at night she's like what are you doing down there and she's like folding laundry so she goes into the room and all she sees is laundry but she knows because intuition because her She's the progeny of literal spies. <laughs> she knows there's something more to it than what she's seeing. Um, we've already seen that Elizabeth goes to the laundry room to listen to tapes from her mother back in Russia. Mm-hmm. And like the laundry room also stores all of their extra money, all of their passports, right? All of their disguises, all of that stuff is in the laundry room, like behind base, underneath baseboards and behind walls and electrical units. But she doesn't know that. What we do know, though, by the end of season one is that Philip and Elizabeth are now on the same page. They're reunited and Paige is going to be a problem. <laughs> right. And that's that's how we, we end season one. So season one, good, bad, or basic. I thought season one was excellent. It's interesting because there was one of the one a really major critic, um, like people gave her really good reviews, but there was a major critic that said that um, uh, this show was uh, the opener was very very slow and maudlin, and he'd be surprised if the show lasted one season. 
Uh, that's interesting. <laughs> but it's like, what do you want? It's a spy thriller. I think a lot of people think that spy thriller and action are synonymous. That if you're a spy and you're trying to do your job and stay alive, you can't be loud. You can't be brash. Right. You can't be coming in with guns blazing in every scene. And I think a lot of people just don't understand spy thrillers and think that they're all going to be like early James Bond movies. <laughs> and I think that's a weird and interesting criticism because season one actually has like a lot of action in it. Right. There's a, it's, it's actually as the series goes on that there's less and less action. Right. Even in that pilot episode, there was a lot of action, right? Yeah. I felt that they were doing a lot. They were setting us up in a really good way. But, you know, you can't please everybody. The show did have really great reviews. I personally thought it was excellent. What about you? This first season is incredible. Um, Like I said, it's so good. It's extremely well written and it's very clear and it's... So nice and juicy to sort of be able to dive back into the story and dive back into certain episodes and really pull subtext and meaning, pull more subtext and meaning about these characters and their relationships. Also, shout out to the directors of all the episodes and the filmmaking team, because that is also very excellent in this film Um, in terms of directing with a purpose to convey like the power dynamics and relationships and, and those shifts it's it's really 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 good um even if those wigs are goofy uh, <laughs> so so for me it's yeah solid good great uh yeah so season two uh before we get into season two i want to point out something that's like super important about the americans the creator joe weisberg is a former CIA agent. That makes sense. So I guess that's why he writes FBI agents and spies in general so accurately. Though I do want to give a shout out to how nuanced he was in portrayal of Elizabeth and Philip because he could have so easily made Stan the central character in order to not really pay much attention to their characters and making them the protagonists, he we kind of had to give like a nuanced portrayal of their lives and their decisions. And I thought that was really, really great writing <laughs> from someone who is not Russian and not, you know, KGB. Right, right. I agree. You, this could have been like a propaganda piece so so easily. <laughs> right. No, that's such a good that's such a good point. I think the show overall does a really decent job of um particularly at the end does a really decent and good job of connecting the audience to this theme that is essentially that the na- nationalism as a concept is sort of like bullshit because it doesn't it doesn't mean anything um, no one's really fighting for equality. No one's really fighting for justice. No one is really doing the right thing. Um, because every, everyone's mostly just doing the same thing in order to fulfill their own self-interests. Uh, I thought that was very smart, uh, and very good thing. I think, I think to be the takeaway thematic thing in terms of the elements of the story. 
Yeah, I think so as well. The writing definitely never forgets who our protagonists are and never fails to humanize them, um, which I thought was really, really beautiful. Even the people who are antagonists, whether whether knowingly or unwittingly, like the Stan Beemans, the even the Agent Gad, who is like a, a supporting character, Paige Jennings, we never fail to see their perspective and I think a really healthy way, which is commendable. So let's talk about season two. Season two was also 13 episodes. Man, what these people were doing with 13 episodes, baby. (laughs) (laughs) But let's talk about it. Season two, Elizabeth comes home. She claimed to have been with an aunt of hers or a great aunt in those two months that she was recovering from being shot. She comes home just in time for her son Henry's 11th birthday. And we also meet another couple of KGB agents who go by the names Emmett and Leanne Connors. Apparently, uh, Philip and Elizabeth went on a lot of missions with them when they first came to the United States before those two were relocated um, to another state or another part of the state. But these people are as close as they've ever come to having a couple friends or besties because they do the exact same work. They're KGB agents. And you would never know it, because honestly, their cover is even better than Philip and Elizabeth. They have entire Southern accents, you guys. <laughs> they do, they do. Um, and Emmett, have you ever met an Emmett that didn't bleed red, white, and blue? <laughs> That's true. Like, <laughs> these names are, are sending me. They're really sending me. But they meet this couple... And they really trust each other. They've been on a lot of missions together over the years. They know how hard it is. And literally no one would ever know or understand their life. And um, they come up with a plan um, while they're on this mission or after the mission, they get to talking. They're like, hey, there's a state fair. You don't have to bring me to your house because obviously that would compromise each other to know where they live or where their kids go to school. But... They know their children's names, which is already a lot more information than they would be sharing. There's a state fair coming up. You bring your kids, I'll bring my kids, and we can just happen to bump into each other there. Right, which is so, that's such a surreal thing to to say and even think about. It was so sad to watch. Like, they meet at the state fair. They don't even meet. Like, they don't come into each other like, hey, kids, these are our old friends. As far as their kids know, they don't have any family except this aunt that Elizabeth stayed with. And their parents don't have any friends, which is already weird enough of itself. They don't even meet. They don't say hello. They walk up to the, the meeting place, standing yards away from each other. And both sets of parents put their arms around their kids and turn them to like in a a sort of hug from behind and then turn them to face their friends. And that's as close as they've ever come to meeting each other's children. (laughs) Right. And and you're right. It is tragic. It is. And once again, very definitive of of the, the central one of the central themes and tension of this series is that like they're not living they're not really living these full lives at all at all so both couples have a daughter and a son the jennings have an older daughter and a younger son and the connors have an older son younger daughter and they see these children from across the crowded fair fairgrounds and this is especially for elizabeth's character the closest i've ever seen her to looking happy 
it's really sad. It's really, really sad. Um, uh, but uh, this, this, they have a mission, and the mission is really, really bad because one thing that both couples agreed to is that they would never, ever, ever use their children as props, as bait, or anything in any capacity during their missions. And now they kind of have to. Right. 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 And he puts a blue cap on on Henry to identify him. But, like, this is something that causes a fracture in Philip. He was already not feeling this. And when this happens, it changes the way that he sees this and the events of season two entirely changed the way that he views the organization. And at episode one, um, the Connors and their daughter, Emmett Leanne and their daughter are slaughtered in their hotel room and no one knows who did it, but the two of them are high alert that someone knows who they are. Someone's made them. And because they brought their kids to that amusement park, that this person knows what their children look like. Right, right. And they're, they're like you said, they're on red alert and they're ready to, to gut a bitch wherever the bitch is coming from. Pretty much. Like, it's about to be, it's about to be on. Um, meanwhile, Nina is still with Stan. Uh, in season two, season one, Nina and Stan started sleeping together. It's very clear he's into her and it's very clear that she was just sleeping with him to make her situation better and also allow his guard to come down because somewhere along the way of being Stan's informant, she started feeling guilty. And so she, she started sending their information back to the KGB. Right. Right. So that whole situation is such an odd dynamic. And it's super odd to me that Stan of all people couldn't see that this their sexual relationship was simply a means of convenience and an insurance policy for her. Right. Like, sir, what's not clicking? Anyway, the Jennings have a new handler, Kate, because they had a falling out with Claudia Mm. uh, last season because of the kidnap and torture. And Kate is a really Understandable. Reasonable. Very reasonable. Uh, Kate is a really odd person. She's very young, but they figure better than Claudia, right? Meanwhile, they're trying to find ways to look out for, take care of Jared Connors, Emma and Leanne's son, um, who seems to be completely broken up and in deep grief over what happened to his family. Now he's a model student. He's a model kid. He's on the swim team. He's doing this, that, and the third. So there's literally no shortage of families willing to take him in. So that's not an issue. But Elizabeth has a letter from Leanne. And we t- they, they, they take us back to the 60s when the her kids were young. And she made she gave Elizabeth this letter and said if anything happened to her, she would want her, her, her son to know who she really is who she and his father really are. And she took the letter and promised to do, to, to give it to their children. If anything happened to Emma and Leanne, but ultimately Elizabeth ends up burning the letter because she realizes that he has a life and he's already grieving hard enough. Yeah. Also, you don't want that bad juju around you. You know what I mean? 
Exactly, exactly. So she burns the letter, but, um, you know, ultimately we realize um, by the by the end of the season, a lot of things happen in the season, by the way, a lot of great things, like on the international warfare, like we meet some of their informants from like South America, right? Like communist sex in South America and who they're working with. Oleg and Nina begin a relationship. Stan's marriage continues to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, by the end of the season, we realized that they wanted a directorate as second generation. And, you know, Philip and Elizabeth have a relationship with their children where they always want them to question American government. But they never in a million years thought that their kids would be recruited to be agents. But that's exactly what the plan was. This is what happened to Jared. And this is the reason why Jared, who's the one who killed his family. Right. And and that's and um basically they they want Paige to be be a new recruit and Philip is 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 against it, whereas Elizabeth likes the idea of it, and that's where we close out season two M, what's season two for you good bad or basic season two had a lot more like side action than than season one but i think they managed to contain it pretty well i'm gonna give season two a good what about you same i'm gonna give season two a good i think there's a lot of like character work and character development in season two um which i always love and it's executed really well and it all makes sense and works so so yeah, it's it's staying good in in my book. Um, so then season three, and bring season, season three. three, yeah, thirteen episodes. So there's tension between Philip and Elizabeth now. This tension has been brought in about what to do with their daughter. She's like, I think she should, and um. And his uh, and her father says, I think she shouldn't. And now it's very important to understand what it means to be a KGB agent and what they signed up for. There's a specific flashback, and I don't remember what season this flashback is revealed because it's very brief. It's literally like less than 30 seconds long. And Philip is thinking about his training. Part of their KGB training was sleeping with people. And like making it, making it feel real, or at least being able to tolerate it. There's a scene that shows Philip in a room, being trained. Now this is not like assault, like what uh, what Elizabeth went through, but actual part of their training. And women of all shapes and sizes, men of all shapes and sizes, came into that room, and he just was had had to tolerate it. Um, whether it was to get an informant or to withstand any sort of torture, he did that. And she did that too. Um, he knows what she does in a lot of the missions and with a lot of their informants. This is what he's thinking about as well, like her safety and and who she is as a person and not wanting her to be compromised, right? Right. Because in season two, Paige had started going to church. Right. And there's also like like we like you said earlier, like Philip and Stan Stan both because of this work, um, have like they're like not 
complete people like they're ho- they're hollow and um part of uh season three's opening est men like you, you see philip going to est meetings which was like est was like this s- cult adjacent like oh, that's what I, basically like this cult adjacent self-helpy uh movement in like uh the 70s and the 80s of you know basically self-help and being a complete person and trying to find yourself and be better and at first uh and philip starts going to these meetings regularly and like very sincerely so like he's trying to fix something in himself that he knows is broken and he knows it's broken because of this job and and he does not want that for Paige. Um, whereas Elizabeth is just like, no, she'll, whereas Elizabeth thinks Paige will be like her and will just be completely consumed by this, um, I don't know, otherworldly loyalty that, that, that she must possess because Paige is her daughter. Right, right, right. And they know how dangerous the job is. They both know every single time they go on a mission. From the moment they set foot in the country, they've taken their lives in their hands. Um, but um, what what started was that Stan's wife, um, she was going to these EST meetings. And then he wanted to know more to understand. So he got Philip to go to a meeting with him and he thought it was like garbage. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Philip actually found something in it. Cause he's not like a Stan and he's not like an Elizabeth. He knows very much that he's broken and he would like to not be broken. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and it's interesting. I think Stan knows that he's broken. I just don't think he cares. Yeah, Stan doesn't care. Like I said, he's always between an Elizabeth and a Philip in regards of, like, intensity, right? Like, Elizabeth, I honestly... If she knows she's broken, she doesn't believe there's anything that can be done about it. Stan doesn't want to face his personal demons. And Philip is just like, I'm sick of living like this. I want better, whatever that means. Yeah, whatever that means and however I can get to that. Yep, 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 yep. It's pretty bad. Um, uh... There is, uh, there's a lot of more crisis of conscience with Philip in this third season. That's mm-hmm. the third season is heavy on that. He has a lot of crisis of conscience when they're dealing with their operatives and they're dealing with their informants and they're going on missions. He feels emotionally conflicted by what they're doing. And in fact, at the S meetings, we get a flashback to his childhood and the first person that he ever killed, a bully one of his bullies from Mm -hmm. way back in Russia. And we see that this is something that he's probably hasn't thought about in many years, but has subconsciously been nagging at him this entire time. Right. So even in that position where he, it was clearly self-defense because these bullies were uh, assaulting him. They were stealing from him in an era where, you know, not having, you know, any pocket change was the difference between eating and starving, right? Right. Um, He feels bad about it, though. He still feels bad about it. He knows there are inner demons. He knows there's brokenness. He knows there's a monster inside of him. And we've seen the side of Philip before. He would like to not have to have this caged beast within him anymore. 
and that that becomes like a a, a serious issue. This is right. also the season. Oh, go ahead. I was saying right because Philip really is truly good natured at his core. He is. He wants to be that person that he feels he is in his mind. He cannot do that doing what he does. Um, this is a season also where he's recruiting Kimmy. Like I said um, in the opening, Kimmy's father is a CIA agent. He's working with an Afghan group when he meets Kimmy. Um, uh, and um, Kimmy is around the same age as Paige, maybe one or two years older than Paige. And obviously he was sent there to be like the charming older guy that would eventually seduce her and get information out of her, right? But again, crisis of conscience he does not want to do this. So he ingratiates himself as Kimmy's friend and just his friend and just her friend. Like he never crosses a physical line with her. He knows she has feelings for him and he um, encourages it, but he never takes uh, physical sexual liberties with her. And this is where we realize that he's a very different person than his wife. Because Elizabeth's going to do whatever she needs to do to get the information she needs to get, right? Right. <laughs> but he's just like, no, she's like, my kid's age, this is wrong. He sees her as a person and not just a target. Right, right, right. And I think there's a part of Philip that looks at all of the marks like that, in a sense. Um, finds mm-hmm. all of them uh, human, and that's why it's it's really hard for him. Right. And he's willing to sleep with Martha, right? But, like, Martha's a grown woman. <laughs> right. I mean, he has a whole relationship with her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they have a whole relationship. She's got a boyfriend that just never spends the night. And she doesn't know where he lives. But, you know, they're in a relationship. Um, It's such an interesting dynamic to see, honestly. Um. And there's even a scene where, like, uh, Kimmy invites Philip to her house when her parents are going away. Everybody knows what that means. But he still manages to shift the situation so that he can he can remain emotionally intimate with her without being physically intimate with her. Right, right. Because he's dreading it. (laughs) And Kimmy is like, there, honey. She's She's like, I am ready to lose my virginity. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and um, Philip is like, you are a child. (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, Um, And, and, you know, go ahead. I was saying, and he he has to figure it out, and he does it so deftly. Right, right. Um, so again, they're trying to infiltrate this, uh, this, the CIA agent. So whenever he's in Kimmy's house, he goes to her father's office. He goes through her father's tapes. It's kind of crazy to me that a CIA agent would have this sort of, of, of lack of security in his home when he's almost never home, but his teenage daughter is really wild to me. Like, you don't have, why don't you have cameras in your house already to see what goes on in your house when you're not home? I don't know. It's that weird. felt very apropos to me, only because, like, people feel, get dumb in their safe space. That's true. That's true. He's like, they're not going to come to my house. That's house, crazy. That's crazy. Like, 
And when, particularly, like, when they have children and wives, they always feel like children and wives, like, protect them somehow. Girl, I'm going to just say this about Kimmy. She didn't have no daddy or mommy around when she was growing up. I've never <laughs> seen that child's parents. <laughs> never seen her parents. <laughs> Poor Kimmy. Um, but yeah. um, Gabriel, who's now their handler again, tells Philip that his other son, the son that he, he conceived with his... Um, girlfriend back in Russia that he Irina. did not know existed until season one. That son, Irina, um, uh, uh, that son with Irina is in Afghanistan right now. And so now this renews his fervor, right, to get this information because he's got to keep his son alive. Right. Um, it's, it's really, 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 really um, intricate and there's a lot going on. Um... There's, there's Martha by this point, by season three, knows that Clark is not Clark. He's not who he says he is. But <laughs> they're already married. Yeah, she senses, I don't think she comes clean with her yet. But like, he, she does, he does change on her and she, it's devastating to watch. Because like, poor Martha never really did anything wrong. Right. Like, he doesn't stop, start treating her different per se, but now that she's on to him and she confronted him, he's like, yeah, I'm not who I said I was, but, you know, you're the one who trusted me. Like, and what? Like, you can't, like, you can't stop what you're doing now because you've already crossed so many lines. So just go ahead and put this pen in your, your boss's office, girl. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's so devastating it's so devastating when it happens um and and yeah but then she she does it uh meanwhile uh the season ends with uh basically elizabeth spills the beans to Paige, and she's like i'm a spy and you're gonna be a spy too isn't that amazing and uh Paige is like, no, that's not amazing. I'm not feeling it. <laughs> Pretty much. Now, Gabriel really came through in a big way. He arranged for Elizabeth and Philo to be smuggled into uh, Germany, um, um, like to Russia via Germany, to see Elizabeth's mother. Paige for the first time, Elizabeth for the last time, because her mother is dying. Mm-hmm. And... She does this, she takes this huge risk to see her mother, but also because she wants Paige to see her mother and to understand why she and her husband have taken the risk that they've taken over the years um, for their families and for their country. So Paige meets her grandmother. She prays for her. She comes home and immediately calls Pastor Tim and tells Pastor Tim that her parents are Russian spies. And that's how season three ends. <laughs> Which, oh my god, Paige! <laughs> I was like, sis! Pastor Tim of all the fucking people. Listen, listen, listen. Listen, why, girl? Why, why? Listen, there's so much happening. There's so much happening here, right? There's so much happening here. I'm so upset about it. And like I said, like we said, there's already tension in the relationship because Philip doesn't want her to be uh, an agent. Also, later this season, Philip finally tells Elizabeth about his son with Irina. 
So there's the, the tension has come back into the relationship. Now she's putting them in crosshairs by telling her all-American youth pastor that they're spies. Right. Crazy. It's it's really freaking banana nuts. But season three. Um, season three is another solid good to me. I think, I mean, honestly, that'll probably be all my grades for the seasons. But it's it's giving me more of what I love um, about the first two seasons. Uh, the season, this season isn't, I, I don't think the pace is as breakneck as the first two, but I don't quite mind it. Um, and yeah, it's good. It's great. I loved it. What about you, Em? I thought season three was very good as well. Like season two ran a little fast for me, but yeah, I agree that season three is back more in the pace of season one, maybe even a little bit slower, but there's no shortage of drama. There's no shortage of intrigue. There's no shortage of these interpersonal relationships and how they are evolving. And it's just really great storytelling. I feel like for the duration of the series, all the characters pretty much stay on brand. Yeah, I would agree with that. They, um, and they have they stay on brand, but they're given these really wonderful, really great arcs um, that we will talk about next episode. Keep right. going. We're gonna keep it going. Um, Can we talk? Wait. Can we talk about the chemistry between Carrie Russell and Matthew Rees? Did Can I tell you I met them one time in New York at the furniture store? Right? Yeah, yeah. That first season. That first pilot episode it was very very clear that regardless of elizabeth and philip's problems the sexual chemistry was on 10 oh yeah definitely there's there's they're electric together on screen right absolutely and i think this is one of the things that carries the show is that philip and elizabeth are people who even when they don't get along, they're really devoted to each other or at least devoted to their mission. And the show never loses sight of that. Yeah, it's one of, definitely, I, I agree. It's one of the better parts of this show. I mean, and honestly, I don't think you, I don't, you've, the show is well-written, but I don't think this show is as, as awesome as it is without the two leads being as connected as, as they end up being um, on screen together. Um, because so much of this show relies on two lead actors really understanding each other um, body language-wise and really being able to fill out those those physical and emotional beats and really knowing how to radiate to the camera and it's it's really quite a tricky thing yeah i will say this for carrie russell she always has really good chemistry with her male co-stars saw the circa felicity in the movies she's done this is also a thing but mastering this tension whether it's tension tension or sexual tension that she has with matthew Rees is is stellar because their relationship dynamic relies very, very, very little on the words that are spoken. Right. I mean, yeah, just, I mean, out the gate, when when I'm like, these people are married, I'm like, yeah, they're married. Like, even even though, like, Elizabeth, it's interesting, like, El- Elizabeth insists that she never loved him or she only, or 
it's not until really the end of season one, beginning of season two, that like their marriage is quote unquote real. But um, in that pilot, when he offs the guy, um, it's so clear that she understands that his loyalty is is to her, and and she, whether she realizes it or not, she has been reciprocating like a love or or something to the effect of that to him for years, and and even if it was just like in in teaspoons and um it's something that you know they just feel so lived in in the parts and and it's really beautiful and and excellent and in a gorgeous gorgeous show definitely and the two of them speak very different love languages which i think is also a thing <laughs> like like her love language is absolutely showing up right like right. being there like if i'm if I, i'm with you that means I'm committed to you. And he would like words. He would like more physical touch. He would like some like, you know, words of affirmation, some vulnerability. And she's not that person. And she right. never becomes that person, right? But she becomes better at 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 seeing who her husband is and showing more love in the ways that she's capable. I agree. I agree. And we'll we'll get into deep dive into to more of that and everything. Um next episode. And there you have it, folks. This is everything that we think made the first half of The Americans good, bad, basic, and unforgettable. If you'd like to check out this series, The Americans is currently streaming on Amazon Prime. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic, be sure to share it with your friends. If you're a patron on our Patreon, be sure to check out The Americans playlist. Tune in next week as we wrap up our discussion in the back half of this intriguing spy thriller. You don't want to miss out on this conversation. The Good, The Bad, The Basic is streaming on all major podcast platforms, so be sure to tune in to our regular weekly episodes on the go. Leave us a review on your preferred platform and share our weekly episodes on your social media. Follow us at The Good, Bad, Basic on Twitter and at Good, Bad, Basic Pod on Instagram to get in on our daily content. Also, be sure to follow our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic, where all of our weekly episodes debut. If you love this sort of content and want more, become a show producer and patron over on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash good, bad, basic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes as well as exclusive bonus material. Until next time, bye everyone.